Great to see everyone today. Glad we're together. This first Sunday after Easter. You may or may not know that uh, historically, the Sunday right after Easter has been titled Low Sunday. I've often wondered why that, why that was. It might uh, very well be that uh, the first Sunday after Easter is Low Sunday because attendance is just lower. I'm glad you're here today. We've got good attendance. I've also often thought that Low Sunday, uh, if for no other reason, uh, has to do with coming off that high of uh, Easter Sunday, celebrating the resurrection and all that, that goes along with that. And now we find ourselves faced with the challenge of actually making the resurrection a part of our lives. For so many people, there's a disconnect there. It's one thing to celebrate. It's an entirely another thing to experience, to experience deeply the resurrection. It's all too easy to get caught up in the emotion of it all. And there's, there's a lot of that. Celebration just has that sort of exhilaration, that, that sort of emotion that comes along with it. There is... Uh, 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 big difference in really uh, having the resurrection deep at heart, missing the difference that the resurrection can make. As we know from Scripture, the disciples huddled away for fear of the Jews after Christ's death. It was the news of Christ's resurrection that gave them hope to go on with their lives. When it comes to our life in Christ, we will find ourselves stymied every time if we don't live in the hope of the, and promise of the, of the resurrection. Every year, thousands of people climb a mountain in the Italian Alps to experience what the Roman Catholics call the Stations of the Cross. Those stations are strategically placed along a well-worn path which eventually leads to a cross, hence the, the stations of the cross. It's there that people will contemplate the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, and the forgiveness it brings. Now, just beyond that cross is a path that, interestingly, is not as well-worn. It is overgrown and not easy to traverse. Most everyone who makes their way up that mountain goes only as far as the cross not beyond. How interesting. They stop at the cross, but don't go beyond. At the end of that, um, of that, um, that trail that leads to the cross, there's that, that less traveled path. It is overgrown, and there at the end of that overgrown path is an empty tomb, and it symbolizes Christ's resurrection. I think there's something instructive about that. We do well to not get stuck at the cross. We would all do well to move on to the resurrection. We do well to live in, into the resurrection, particularly as we move from the exhilaration of Easter Day and seek to have that resurrection affect our lives day in, day out. It is critical that both the, the cross and the empty tomb are a part of the Christian experience. By his blood, he has saved me. 
By his power, he has raised me. So it comes to us this first Sunday after Easter to continue to live in the hope of Christ's resurrection. Paul writes about such things when he talks about the importance of believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. He sees that resurrection as critical to our salvation. So let's hear about that just now as we read today from Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 9 through 15. Hear this from God's Word. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of of all and richly blesses all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is God's word for God's people. And may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear it read, but as we seek now to take our lives and apply them to them. May God bless us all. It is just in us these days to complicate things. We, we tend to make things tougher than they, they should be. We are prone to over-explain and overthink. We even try to complicate things when it comes to our relationship with God. Getting from point A to point B doesn't have to be as hard as it, as it seems sometimes. I think this slide points it out, uh, you know, point A to point B, our lives to linking up with, uh, with God's presence for us. You know, we take the circuitous route so many times, and then other times we, we just go from point A to point B. Relationship is struck, and we find ourselves strong in the Lord. We need not complicate things. You've heard the, the acronym KISS, keep it simple, stupid. You may have repeated it many, many times. We, we get the point. Even though we may be offended by the use of the word stupid, maybe a better way to say it would be keep it simple, silly. Well, whether we are silly or stupid, we, when we uh, work to complicate things, we just have a way of messing them up. So Richard Branson, the founder of of the Virgin Group, says that complexity is your enemy. Any fool can make something complicated. It's hard to keep it simple. And he's trying to form a commercial space line, taking people who will pay the price of $450,000 to make their way in, into space. 
that would, you would think would have the potential of being one of the most complicated things of all at Branson's trying to keep it simple, counting $450,000 one dollar at a time, every ticket. Complicating things can only add stress to life. That's why so many are moving to a more simplified lifestyle. Life is just easier that way. I recently read that uh, going back to a simpler life is not a step backwards. There's some truth to that, particularly when it comes to our spiritual lives, keeping things simple, not complicated. How's that playing out for you? We do well to, to be stayed upon those things that are, that are foundational to our faith, not so much majoring in the minors, but making the, the main thing the main thing, keeping our focus right where it needs to be. On the cross and upon Christ's resurrection. As complicated as Paul can be sometimes, and let's admit it, that that can happen as we read through his, his letters, there are those distinct times when he tries to keep it simple, tries to distill things down to the, to the very base of the Christian experience. He does that, I think, in our scripture for today, in speaking about salvation. He, he distills things down to, to two simple points. Of course, Paul is the one who, who very simply says that salvation is a matter of grace. It, it, it's not something to be earned. Trying to earn our salvation only complicates things with a long list of to-dos, things that we, we have to perform in order to gain God's favor. Now, that just messes things up. It, it just complicates things. And, and Paul puts it very well to say that salvation is really the free gift of God, His love offered our way in Jesus Christ. Those are the th- that, that is what is necessary. Well, Paul puts it this way when it comes to salvation. He says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Two points. He makes his case about declaring with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing with all your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. It's that simple. There's no need to complicate things. So the road to salvation is paved with these two things, confessing that Jesus is Lord and believing that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, there's a direct tie between mouth and heart here. If Jesus is in your heart, then he will also be on your lips. As Matthew 10, 27 states, we will want to shout it from the rooftops, sharing the good news of Christ, the great difference that he is making in our lives. We can't help but but speak a good word of witness on behalf of those great things that are being done. The tie between mouth and heart, heart and mouth. Confessing that Jesus is Lord is to acknowledge who he is. Doing so is is so much more than than giving him intellectual assent. 
It's experiencing Jesus as Lord, understanding that to the very core of our being, and then going on and living in the same, confessing that Jesus as Lord is recognizing Christ's rightful place in your life. Christ's every desire is, that, is to be at the, the center of your life, guiding you, directing you, loving you, offering his peace. Jesus longs to be the Lord of your life. Life is so much better when Jesus is at the, the center of things. He, he does you little good if he is on the outside looking in. He loves you so much that he, that he wants to be involved. He wants nothing more than to lean into your life, offering counsel and direction as you go along. Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, in their uh, salvation track called The Four Spiritual Laws, talks about Jesus being on the, the, the throne of your life. In other words, Jesus being Lord of your life. They, they offer two circles, one with Christ on the throne and the other with him on the periphery. And you, you can see that there. The bottom uh, uh, slide has uh, the cross there on the, uh, on the throne, uh, very much at the, the center of life, the Lord of life. Uh, they call it the, the Christ-directed life. Christ is, is on the throne. Self is yielding to Christ's direction. And the result is harmony with God's plan. Then on this top slide, you, you see the cross is, is on the outside of that, that, that circle. Uh, S is there on the throne, uh, designating self. Self is on the throne. The result is discord and fr- frustration. God and Christ are, 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 are separate from us. Life is so much more fulfilling when Christ is on the throne of our lives. And you notice these little dots, the, the one with, with self in charge, uh, they represent all the, the aspects of life, and they're all in dis- discord and dis- disharmony, but yet with Christ on the throne of, uh, of one's life, all those bits and pieces of life begin to come together and, and form an, an organic whole. Life is just so much more fulfilling when Jesus is at the center of our lives. When we claim him as Lord, and when we, we make him as Lord in our lives by opening our hearts and responding with faith, life is just that much more fulfilling. So Jesus is Lord. That's a fact that we affirm today. It all comes down to whether or not we will allow him to exercise that lordship in our lives. And so the questions come, are you letting Christ, the Lord, guide your thoughts? Is Jesus, the resurrected Lord, guiding your path? Is he uppermost in your, uh, your mind and heart? And if so, are you making a regular practice of sharing that reality with other people? Again, that tie between heart and, and, and mouth. Are you, are you sharing, are you giving witness to the good things that God is doing in your life and, and through you? It's interesting, I think, that um, Paul brings in the resurrection at this point. He's clear about us believing with all our heart 
that Jesus rose from the dead. For Paul, the resurrection was the defining act where God put his power on full display. The resurrection offers hope not only for this life, but for the life to come. We, we talked about that repeatedly last Sunday. What a great Sunday to talk about such things. On, on Easter Sunday, hope not only for this life, but for the life to come. To believe that Jesus did, in fact, rise from the dead makes it possible for you and me to live life with a whole new perspective. We're able to live in the strength and fulfillment of Christ right now, yet having our gaze on the hope and assurance of eternal life later on. And in the mix of that, the world no longer has the same press, no longer the, the same weight. We, we've taken on a new perspective. It may still be weighty, but it just doesn't seem that way because of Christ's power helping us overcome. That's the power of the resurrected Christ, the Lord of our lives, helping us meet out every circumstance, albeit weighty or not, allowing us to move through in His power and His love. In the aftermath of Christ's death, the disciples were, were weighed down to, to no end, even to the point where they were really not so sure they would be able to carry on. The resurrection turned that around. It offered a new meaning and purpose for their lives. After all, Jesus had the power to conquer life, to conquer death, rather. He, he was able to, to conquer death, and if he conquered death, then he was certainly going to be able to lend power to, to the disciples' lives, helping them to, to be seen through whatever they would face. And their way would, would not be so, so easy, but yet, uh, but yet Christ would help to lift them above that and move them forward. As we spoke a few minutes ago, we'd all do well to live in the reality of the resurrection. Just as the disciples did, we as disciples of Christ would do well to live in that reality as well. And we're the losers if we don't, declaring with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead will go a long way toward your salvation. It's just that simple. So this is a word for all people. Paul wants to make that absolutely clear. He talks about this being a message for, for Jew and, and Gentile alike, all, all people. Paul's quite clear that, uh, that there's no difference between Jew and Gentile at this point. The offer of salvation of claiming Jesus as Lord, of staking a claim in uh, His resurrection. That's for all people. It's God's offer for the entire world for all time. The same Lord is Lord for, of all and, and richly blesses all, says Paul, who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter who you are. The message of Christ's lordship coupled with the fact of his resurrection is the very thing people need to hear about today. 
And it is the very thing that, that all need to respond to. In a lot of ways, this is a, a desperate generation. And that desperation is played out in, in all sorts of ways. We can just note those by, by opening the, the, the internet and the news that flows from there for every newspaper, every uh, radio or, or, or television uh, re- report. Uh, this is a generation full of desperation. The shooting Monday morning at Old National Bank downtown is just one example of that. Desperation of, of one individual uh, the desperation then that, that ripples beyond that and that tragic act. May God help us all. And may we do what we can to share the good news, not the bad news, the, the good news of Jesus Christ and of salvation, of claiming Jesus as Lord and of the bold and, and grand fact that He has risen from the dead. People need to hear the good news we're talking about. How then will they hear if someone doesn't go and tell them? If you don't go and tell them, if I don't go and tell them, as quick as Paul is quick to repeat, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. It comes to us to be among the number who strike out and share that good news. It comes to us to confess and believe which leads not only to our salvation, but to the potential salvation of other people. If we just keep it to ourselves, then others may not hear. Those people right around you may not hear about this good news of salvation brought on by uh, confessing that Jesus is Lord and by believing with all your heart that Christ is risen from the dead. I pray that as we have considered our own salvation, and we've done that from from many points of view as we've gone through these these Sundays of Lent leading up to Easter, and now this Sunday right after Easter, that as we've considered our own salvation, that we will truly find ourselves burdened for the salvation of other people to the place we'll find ourselves regularly, consistently stepping up and sharing the good news that is Christ for all the world, the good news that is Christ for those very people that are around us, that we will declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that we will believe in in our very hearts that God saw fit to raising from the dead, and that we've experienced that deeply, and that in in experiencing it deeply that we would turn and share with those who are around us. How beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. Let's pray together. God, thanks. Thanks for being the Lord of our lives. We pray, Lord, that uh, each day that we would uh, seek to have you clearly on the throne of, of our lives, that you'd be at the very center, that you would guide and direct us, that you'd so, show yourself true. Lord, we pray that as we uh, 
move along, even just a few days past Easter, that we would live uh, as people who are a resurrection people, an Easter people, an Easter people that are living out the, the grand reality that you saw fit to raise Jesus from the dead, and he conquered death and paves the way for us to know of life now and, and uh, eternal life later on. You are great and greatly to be praised. We seek to glorify your name and thank you for the glory of Christ having risen from the dead. Lord, we, uh, we pray that we would be counted among the number who are living into the truth of uh, your Son as Lord, of his resurrection, and that salvation would come. Lord, we uh, pray that we would uh, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we would make a sure and clear and consistent uh, witness to the good things that you're doing in our lives. Lord, may we be your instruments of peace and love. We pray that we would uh, radiate your light, that we would shout from the rooftop the good news that is Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for uh, being with us, for blessing us, and for holding us fast in your care. We give you our lives. And in that we pray that you take us, mold and shape us to be the people that you would have us to be. This prayer we make in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord, trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen.